Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's turn to the book now. Let's turn to God's precious word. One of the titles for the Bible is the scriptures of truth. And we're turning tonight to Matthew chapter 24. And we'll read verses 1 through to 14 once again. Let's hear the word of God. Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. 24, verses 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And my theme tonight, entitled as on the website a warning sign about deception now a few weeks ago I told you that Matthew chapter 24 is better known as the Olivet Discourse this sermon came to pass after Christ's denunciation of the Jewish religious leaders in chapter 23 notice how chapter 23 ends Verse 38, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now look at how Matthew 24 opens. And Jesus went out 
and departed from the temple. Now, that's important, but I'm not going to open up that theme. The word temple is a reference to the second temple. It was still under construction in Christ's day. The construction started about 20 BC. It ended and completed about 64 AD. And it was a beautiful, magnificent building. Now, as Christ leaves the temple area, departing from the temple mount, his disciples start showing him the beautiful architecture. Thinking about the structure of the buildings. Look at this, Lord. Isn't this gorgeous? Look at, look at how this has been designed and built. Barely had he uttered the words when the Lord Jesus made a very startling and astonishing statement. Listen to verse 2. See ye not all these things? Verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, when the Lord Jesus and his disciples had reached the Mount of Olives, Think of them in the Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem. Christ is sitting. He's overlooking the city. The the temple mount is visible. It's in the foreground. It's it's easily seen. His disciples come and ask him three questions. They asked him privately. This is what they asked him. Tell us when shall these things be? That's the first question. Two, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? Three, and of the end of the world. Now look with me at Matthew chapter 24 verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them. See, the Lord Jesus, from verse 4 onwards, is answering these three basic questions. And Christ's answer contained a number of what I'm calling prophetic signs. And I believe these are literal prophetic signs. These are things that are going to take place in the world's history. Literal signs that will occur on earth before and prior to his personal return in power and glory to set up his everlasting kingdom. Remember, his kingdom is a kingdom of grace now and it's a kingdom of glory to be fully revealed. Now, I've called these prophecies signs of the times in the planet. I've told you before, I did preach a series of messages on the signs of the times among the people. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, there's 19 in total. And we've got to think of signs among the people, the people in the country, living before and prior to Christ's return, people in the professing church. 19 things he mentions. They're not recorded. We will try and record them sometime. But we're thinking tonight of another of the signs within the planet. And I think two weeks ago, we had a military sign about war. And I told you then, that wasn't the first thing Christ mentioned. Now here's the first thing he utters by way of answer. Look at verse four and five. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And this is what I'm calling a warning sign about deception. There's three things here, as I have thought about this all week. First of all, the reality of deception that's predominant. Don't miss the emphasis here. Think of the first two words. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed. What does that mean? It literally means beware. It speaks to us of 
danger. If you think of the postman, and we've said this before from Colossians 2 verse 8, seeing a sign, beware of the dog. He knows that there's danger if he opens the gate and heads to the front door or the back door. Uh, Think of a, a, a rambler or a walker. And he sees a sign, beware of falling rocks. Well, he's not going to go too close to the the, the cliff face. Or you take someone who's out in the field and the countryside and they see a sign, beware of the bull. Well, it would be a foolish individual who'd open the gate and walk into that field. You see, the word take heed teaches us that we need to be watchful, that we need to be vigilant. There's a heavy emphasis, I believe, in these opening words. You see, this deception is real. This deception is a dominant feature in the world prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember, he's been asked the question. Three questions. Tell us when these things shall be. What shall be the sign of thy coming? And what shall be the end of the world? The word world means age. So you've got to think of the period between Christ's first coming and his second coming. And he's teaching us here between these two comings, my first advent and my second advent, will be a time of great and growing deception. See, the Lord Jesus has been very specific here. He's been very plain. There's a great possibility of many being easily misled. There's a great possibility of being misrepresented. If you think of the words in verse 5, he says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. If you think of verse 4, that no man deceive you. Look with me at Matthew 24, verse 11, it says that many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Come right down to verse 24. Matthew 24, verse 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Because of this reality that's predominant, There's a need to take heed to the Lord's exhortation. There's a need to watch out. There's a need to keep your spiritual eyes open. There's a need to test and evaluate everyone and everything. Is this what the Apostle John emphasized in 1 John chapter 4? Listen to these words. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. And if you want to try and grasp and understand the true nature of the age in which we live, then understand this, that one of the predominant traits of the age is that of deception. And this is not a mere one-off event. This is a series of events that involves deception. The Lord Jesus has told us here not only of great deception, but he's spoken to us about we're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. He says this world is going to experience natural disasters. There's going to be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in different places. And all of these, he tells us, these are the beginning of sorrows. 
See, people are asking, even in relation to the war in Ukraine, is this the end of the world? And the answer is not. These are but signposts pointing towards that. And each of these events, as they unfold, will be dominated by the reality of deception. And these series of events, of course, will be long-lasting. And these events will take place between the two comings. Remember, as I've said, this is not just a one-off event. This a, a spirit of deception, the predominance of it, impacts in relation to war and natural disaster and many other things beside you see, there has always been the spirit and the presence of deception since the beginning of time. You've got to think of the devil as an arch deceiver. He's the master of deception. And there will be deceptions right up to the end of the age, right up to the time that the Lord Jesus returns. You've got to think of the antics of Antichrist because he'll be up to his neck in deception. You see, if you trace the history of the world, Many have arisen that have been guilty of a spirit of deceit and deception. And you see, if I tonight were just to lift up the words of Christ, take heed that no man deceive you, and pause for a moment, that can be applied in so many areas. It can be applied personally, financially, in relation to literacy. It can be applied militarily. There can be deceit and deception involved even in war. It can be applied religiously. It can be applied spiritually. It's possible to be taken in by deception. This world is a world of deception. And what do we need in the world? Well, we need a guide. We need uh, uh, someone who is a teller of truth. And remember Jesus said, John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Remember what we read in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And thank God we have a reliable guide, not only in the Savior, the very embodiment of truth, but we have a reliable guide in the Scriptures. I've often taught the children the words in the Sunday school, B-I-B-L-E, be instructed before leaving earth. See, God's word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Without it, we are hopefully lost when it comes to truth. So many have taken it. So many have twisted it, maligned it, perverted it, and corrupted it. I often think of those words of the Apostle Paul in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and 17. He says, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. There's a story told about Dr. Paisley, the late Dr. Paisley in Kentucky Fried Chicken just down the road here. They arrived late one night with a few others. Mr. Tommy Gilmer was there in the group and the lady came out from behind the counter and asked them what they would like. And Dr. Paisley asked her, what have you got? And she says, well, it's near closing time. We only have twister meals. So he says, well, we'll have four of them. There was other people in Kentucky Fried Chicken and then he prayed. And of course, as he prayed, every head bowed and every mouth stopped. And uh, this is what he prayed. Thank you, Lord, for these twister meals. Thank you, Lord, we're not twisted men. We don't twist and corrupt the word of God. We be straight men of the word, sincere men, as of sincerity, as of God, in the sight of God. Speak we in Christ. 
I was asked this question this week. I'm going to try and answer it here. Is it possible for the elect of God to be deceived? Could the elect of God, those who are saved and chosen in Christ, be taken in and led astray and, and led captive? Could the false messiahs with their false message and false miracles be so convincing and so conniving that the born-again believer can be taken in? Well, if you look at Matthew chapter 24 and verse 24, it says, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. It says, if it were possible. Even though the deception will be real, strong, intended to mislead, misrepresent, yet those who possess the true grace of God the true grace of God that's within them, will help them to be strong, help them to prevail, help them to be wide awake, help them to be alert. In other words, those who are saved and in Christ will be protected because they are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ones. And those who are chosen in Christ and saved in Christ will, will persevere and they'll be like the sheep. We thought about the sheep this morning. But remember what we read there in John chapter 10 and verse 5, when the Savior introduced himself as the good shepherd. This is what he says in John 10 and verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So there's the first thing that we learn. We learn this morning or this evening about the reality of deception that's predominant. Notice the second thing we learn, the reach of deception that's perilous. If you look again at our text, it says, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Here's the Lord Jesus. Now, he's starting with a warning about deception that's worldwide between his two comings. That's predominant. And then he adds, for many, the word for means because, Many shall come in my name, and what will they say? I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You see, this spirit of deception will be far-reaching. And I want you to think with me of the reach of deception that's perilous. Because I'll tell you, there's going to be great religious deception. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. That is, many false messiahs. If you link it to verse 11, Matthew 24, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Not only false messiahs, but false messengers. And then look at verse 24 of the same chapter. For there shall arise false Christ. There's the false messiahs and false prophets. There's the false messenger. And shall show great signs and wonders. There's the false miracles. These messengers come, I'm of God. I am from God, I have a message from God. And here's the proof, signs and wonders. Do you know, I think tonight, and I have to be honest here, of the papacy, I think of the long line of popes who claim to be the true successors of Peter, there's no evidence that Peter was ever in Rome, no evidence that Peter was ever the first pope, no evidence that he ever called himself the pope. 
But if you think of the history of Roman Catholicism tonight and the history of the popes, Roman Catholicism has created a dynasty over the people because the papacy is a dynasty of men, each one who purports to be chosen to be the successor of the other. And all of them say, I am Christ. It's interesting that in 2015, and this is for our American brethren, they remember this when Pope Francis went into the United States of America. He was going into St. Patrick's Cathedral. I believe it was in Washington, D.C. A Fox News reporter said it was like being in the presence of Jesus. You see, in the eyes of many, many call Pope Francis and other popes and the present pope, the vicar of Christ, the successor of the prince of the apostles, the supreme pontiff of the universal church, pontifex maximus. You see, these titles are not something I'm making up. These are there if you study the history of the popes and the history of Roman Catholicism, not out to offend individual Roman Catholics. We feel for Roman Catholics. We pray for them in the Lord's name. We're burdened for them. We realize that they've been born into the Roman Catholic system. We know many are sincere, many are religious, and many are devoted. But here's the warning of Christ. Take heed that no man deceive you. Why? For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. And does the Pope exalt himself above God? Does the Pope claim to be in the place of God? Claim to be a superior being to God? Absolutely. Turn over there to 2 Thessalonians. Look with me at chapter 2. He says this, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, that's the day of the Lord, shall not come except there come a falling away first. That's a great apostasy. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. You see, if you think, young people, of the word antichrist, we, we think of a person anti means against, against Christ. And you have to think of somebody who's atheistic and somebody who's paganistic. And uh, if uh, an atheist or a pagan comes to you and claims to be Christ, then you reject them. But that's not the full meaning of the word antichrist. Antichrist also means one who's in the stead of Christ. One who appears as Christ. Now that's a different slant on it. And that's exactly what the papacy in the history of the popes is saying. And I want to add this, it includes the originator and the propagator of all the false cults. Jehovah Witness, Mormons, Christian science, every other cult. It includes false religious leaders, the leaders of Islam and Buddhism and Confucianism and Munism. These false messiahs with their false messengers 
with their false miracles, with their false message. They come using the language of the Christian. Christian language is talked about love, grace, and truth. They, they come with Christian activity. But when you examine their message, you discover that it's anti-Christian, that it's against God. And you see, if a man comes to you in Christ's name and says, I'm a Christian, or says, I am Christ, I represent Christ, I represent the Christian church, remember this. Do something that's important. Take heed. Don't let him deceive you. Don't let him trick you. You need a spirit of discernment. That's the first thing you should do. Take heed. The second thing you should do, and we learn this from the Old Testament, if a prophet prophesied, how do you know that that prophecy was true? Well, part of the answer was if his prophecy came to pass. If the prophecy didn't come to pass, then that man was not of God. He was branded a false prophet. But here's another idea and another concept in relation to detecting a false prophet. If that prophet who purports to be of God leads you to worship another God, in other words, leads you to idolatry, and if that prophet then thirdly teaches things contrary to the word of God, remember the Bible says in Isaiah 8 and 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. And you see, a true prophet will never leave you, lead you away from the word of God. He will never lead you away from the true worship of God. He, he will not get you to worship a different God, a God of his own design, imagination and making. A, 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 a true prophet of God will, will never introduce you to a different gospel. Isn't this what the Apostle Paul says? If you think of the words in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1 and in the verse 9, verse 7 rather, we'll read from verse 6, 1 Galatians 1 verse 6, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. That's a, a different, something different, which is not another. But there be some that would trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. The Lord Jesus said, beware of false prophets. How do you know a false prophet? By their fruits. In other words, you have to examine them. Just as you have to examine me and make sure that I'm not deceiving you. Let me tell you something else that applies to the ecumenical movement. It applies to the charismatic movement. It applies to the faith healers and the uh, mega church pastors and sadly so many are wolves in sheep's clothing so many are in it for an easy pound they're in it for the money you see false prophets do exist false teachers exist false teaching exists Jesus didn't say they might come or could come or just in case no he says take heed that no man deceive you. Why? For many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. See, there's many antichrists in the world purporting to be of God. Don't follow them. 
even if they're clever, even if they're popular, even if they're powerful communicators, even if they're witty, if they tell you we've got the mind of Christ and we know God's will for your life, if it's contrary to the gospel and contrary to this book and to worship a different God, don't follow them. And if you think of the word many that's repeated a number of times, it speaks of a multitude. Deception is active and alive in our day and generation. Here's the reach of deception that's perilous, a great religious deception. But I want to tell you, its reach also reaches to a great personal deception. And how many are being personally deceived. Its reaches also towards great financial deception. Do you know that as of the 1st of February, 2022, it's reported that £9 billion of the UK's taxpayers' money has been wasted or fraudulently siphoned off in relation to the COVID-19 pandemic. And if you think also of the number of fraudulent offences right up to March 2021... £753 million has been fraudulently received by many scam artists, many schemes. Do you know the United States of America? It's as high as $500 billion. Great financial deception going on. People making themselves rich at the taxpayer's expense. But what about great political deceptions? You see, you've got to think of the way governments work. Think about the politics of the day. Think about social work. The government claiming to meet the need of the working man. The government claiming to deal with man's basic problem of life. Do you know what? It's false and it's anti-Christian. I'm not saying that the welfare state doesn't do some good. But you see it, the people at the top that are making the rules, that are coming up with the regulations, they're looking out for number one. They're in it for themselves first. And that's part of the problem. I was sent a clip today, you'll have to bear with me, of Joe Biden, President of the United States of America. A few years ago, 2016, Biden was in Kiev in his capacity as the vice president. Now, why was he there? He was there to remove a man called Victor Shokin, who was the prosecutor general from his post. At that time, Victor Shokin was investigating the activities of Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. Hunter Biden was involved in a corruption scandal at a UK Ukrainian grass company in Bursama. And there's a clip. Biden telling other people afterwards that he told the officials in Ukraine, I'm leaving in six hours, and if this man is not removed from his post, we'll pull the plug in giving you $1 billion. That rightful prosecutor was removed. The Ukrainian authorities then found no violation or no evidence of violation in the activities of Hunter Biden. 
And during the last election in the United States in 2020, there was a lot of talk about a certain laptop that had been found and certain emails on that laptop. And they were all denied. This is what we were told. It's fake news invented by Russia. But I want to tell you tonight, it wasn't fake news. It's true. He owned the laptop and the emails now are being found out in that laptop. And even the New York Times have wrote an article about it. You see, the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. I'll tell you something else. Not only political deception, but great military deceptions. See, the Bible mentions here, you shall hear of war and rumors of war. Underline the word rumors. Do you know that I feel for Ukraine like you do tonight? Ukraine's like a political football. And you see, I want to tell you tonight that the conflict in Ukraine finds its roots in the evil, wicked heart of deceitful men. Jeremiah says, 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. And you know the first casualty in war? Truth. We're living in a day of deceit and deception. A decoy of tricks and traps have been set. Colossal deception. So typical of the end times. Claims and counterclaims. Let me just bring this out to you. President Putin, remember he's a Marxist. He's a communist. He's an atheist. And a Marxist, communist, atheistic regime justifies the use of guile and deceit in war. He tells us he's not targeting civilians. But the reality is different. He tells his own people that it's just a a, a military exercise in Ukraine. But he's lying to his own people. That's why he shut down so much of the media. Putin, when he was building up his troops around Ukraine's border, said he wasn't going to invade. But he did invade. He tells us now he's not going to try and conquer the country. You think of the widespread destruction in Maripol, for example. You see, is that not deception? And let me add this. Does deception exist in the side of the USA? And the side of the United Kingdom? And the side of NATO? The answer is yes. Now that might shock you. But we heard recently there was no biolabs in Ukraine. But they have 25. Why not just come out and tell the truth? And in relation to 1991 when the United States of Russia fell... There was a verbal promise that there'd be no NATO expansion. It was not written down. It was not written as a guarantee. I have to watch a little video somebody sent me of the ghost of Kiev. I thought, this man's marvellous. A pilot ticking down six aeroplanes one after the other. Then somebody phoned me up and told me, but that was a digital combat exercise that you were watching. It was from a video game. And I felt so stupid. You know, the first casualty in war is truth. And this deceit is universal. 
We live in a deceptive world. It's not an isolated phenomena. This deception is far-reaching. And if you think of deception, lying, hypocrisy, secrecy, ambiguity, it's all tied in. There's a religious element, a political element, a financial element, a personal element, a literary element. It's all here. I want you to think in closing and bear with me. The result of deception that's productive. If you look, it says in the text, verse 5, and shall deceive many. Verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. See, that means deception is successful. Many is a multitude. As I've said, we live in a deceptive world. Religious, personal, financial, political, military deception. It's widespread. It has a powerful effect. And let me say this as I finish. Here's the result of this deception that's so productive. It's because of the spirit of Antichrist at work. Men using the name of Christ and abusing it. And that will intensify toward the end. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13 says these words. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's so productive because it's rooted in satanic activity. Who is the arch deceiver? Who deceives the whole world? Revelation 12 and 9 gives the answer. It's the devil, the old serpent, that old dragon. He's busy. He's at work. The Bible talks about the wiles of the devil. And it's also productive because of a sad apostasy, a day of departure, a falling away from the faith. And even reformed and evangelicals now no longer preach hell. They don't talk about eternal punishment. They talk about theistic evolution. Now head covering has been abandoned. The authorized version has been removed from many books. Pulpits, so has the hymn book. We now have women ministers and elders and, and, and bishops. Why? Because it's now cultural to have that. The Christian church, the free church, needs to take a stand. We need to remember the Bible exhorts us to buy the truth and sell it not. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the book. And I say to all tonight, remember the scripture as we finish. Over there in Acts chapter 3, if we think of the words in verse 19, the Apostle Paul says this, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The only way we can counter the result of deception is productive. In light of the spirit of Antichrist, satanic activity and the sad apostasy is to be true to the blood in the book. Say to people, repent of every sin, secret, presumptuous, open sin, including lies and secrecy and hypocrisy and ambiguity. Buy the truth. Don't sell it. Let's say we before the truth. Here's a warning sign about deception. It's real. 
because it's predominant. Its reach is perilous because you're dealing with the human heart. And here's the result. It's so productive. Because who's behind it? And the spirit of the age. May the Lord take these few thoughts and bless them to us this evening.